All right, it's the So Baseball Podcast on Monday afternoon. We've got uh, baseball coming up here in a couple hours, so hopefully you're getting this soon. We had a really fun recording. First, um, Dave and Kevin joined for about an hour to talk mostly through the uh, Dodgers and Braves and then touching on the Red Sox Astros. Then I talked to my dad offline, just called my dad. We didn't record it, so you're going to miss that. And then uh, got Sasha on board. Sasha joined in to talk. We started talking about uh, Red Sox Astros playoffs, and then this awesome sound happened. And then after that sound happened for about five minutes, then I called Sasha back. We talked a little bit more about um, just the Red Sox farm system in general. and that was kind of fun. So that's a special listen for our new Red Sox fan listeners. Uh, but also, we are going to have an exciting sponsor coming in. Not this episode, although you will hear some allusions to a coming sponsor. We do have an exciting sponsor. Um, it's in the wine sector. So if you like drinking wine, buying wine, giving wine as a gift, um, if you want to get champagne for your locker room celebration, Any type of wine-related purchases, we're going to have a special deal for you. Not this episode, but the next episode. So um, once we get our whole sponsorship thing squared away, we're going to give you the the link and the promo code and all that fancy podcast stuff that all the real podcasts do. So it's an exciting moment for the the So Baseball family. So stay with us, and we'll, we'll check back with you in a couple days. But right now, let's get my brother and Kevin on in here, and uh, let's talk some baseball. There he is. All right. The core has assembled. Dave? Daver. I'm here, baby. Are you with uh, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was for a while, but uh, we had to yeah. go our separate ways. Because he, he likes eggs and Metamucil. So you, you like kind of, kind of Yeah, I'm a little annoyed that uh, um, we haven't gotten any word back from my Metamucil rep to see if, we, <laughs> if they're going to sponsor <laughs> sponsor the show for those who I don't mean, know like, what we're t- sorry go ahead i like wine too but you know metamucil is really my passion yes um yeah don't tip our hand we do have a big sponsor oh, okay. a potential sponsor dave hinted at it a little bit but i i fear before we go any further with this we have to ask how were the rolling stones last night oh boy okay well i'll keep it brief because i know no one likes to hear about oh what a fun thing i did but it was absolutely fantastic. SoFi Stadium is fucking glorious. That place is a monument. I mean, you've got the Sphinx. You've got, you know, Giza. And now this. I mean, <laughs> it's really that fucking cool. And nice. the Stones rocked it. I mean, they're, they, they just owned it. They, they crushed it. I, w- I had the best time. As you, I don't know if my voice is a little course today but uh, yeah i, was I can hear a little bit yeah screaming I it was a sing-along it was like a religious experience it was great incredible and kevin yeah. you managed to watch it on some stream i, I happened to find somebody who was streaming it <laughs> that's like, awesome on youtube or instagram or uh, it was on youtube i didn't yeah i didn't hmm, watch it that's too cool 
I watched oh, a little really bit. Cool. Like the when he introduced the band, that's when I started watching when he introduced all the, the players. And then yeah. and then Keith came out and did some solo. He did connection and um Oh nice. And before uh, they run. run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was and then right after that they did a few other tracks. It was cool. It was it was nice. It and was you're right. Cool. They they sounded amazing and they sounded uh you know, they didn't they it had the right the right tempo to it. If you it know really what I mean. did. Yeah. It really, really did. And, you know, Nick of course was just like unbelievable where he has the energy i have no idea yeah, yeah. keith is you know uh, he's a legend too but ron wood i mean that yeah. guy was shredding yeah he was going nuts <laughs> yeah ronnie like, ronnie okay, still guy, has it i mean the guy still is, got it yeah i mean they all and the, yeah and, you know, and, and the surrounding band is great the new drummer was great yeah steve jordan he's he's incredible i mean he, he actually, was so good he, he produced keith's solo record and also played on that first tour uh, with Keith, so he goes kind of goes, and he used to be on the David Letterman band. He was one of the original Letterman uh, world's band most members. dangerous band. Yes, sir. Wow, that's cool. Yes, yeah, that sir. guy knows his shit. He is. Yeah, yeah he was just a, a great uh, um, fill-in. And, and you were a... you were in the re- rear GA section. How was rear that? GA. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it was so great. It was like the ultimate hangers-on section because. You were on the floor, so you you felt like you were cool, but also you didn't have a seat and you weren't near the front. <laughs> so it was just the ultimate L.A. like wannabe scene. It was so great. I love nice. it. I belong there. That's where I really belong. Um, and you attended with fellow So Baseball guest Jeff Saywitz. Yep, yep. Jeff Saywitz was there. He uh, he got the ticks. He he um, scored them. And now that I know SoFi a little better. I'm going to buy the Chili Peppers tickets. Oh, and wow. now I really know like where, you know, where I want to be for that. You know, because I got a good look at everything. I mean, the the fifth bleachers. Uh-oh. Lost you, Dave. The escalators involved to get up there must be like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I ever could. I'd still be coming home, I think. It's so hot. <laughs> But yeah, anyway. I mean, it's a football stadium or half a football stadium, right? They, they only use half of it. Oh, I don't even know. Well, that's what know. the looked like. Uh, like there's nobody behind the stage. Oh yeah. Right. The show. That's exactly right. They didn't have seats behind it. It wasn't in the round or anything. Yeah. 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 Well, um, cool. Anyway, so I'm um, yes. glad you had a great time. I'm sorry. I couldn't join you guys. It was just a little price prohibitive yeah. at the last minute when yeah. I decided I wanted to go, but um yeah i'm glad you got to see mick and the boys possibly for the last time but who knows you know like hey based on that i hope there's another one and i i'll go to it i really will i will yeah yeah so well Well, while you were uh while you were screaming your head off for mick and keith uh kevin and i were watching a complete meltdown by the dodgers for the second night in a row um, yeah, the, the Dodgers are just blowing it. Yeah, what happened last night? Was it was it a, a a base running thing, or was that the night before? That was the night before. That was the night before. Yeah, last night. The, oh, last night was they they put Urias in at a stupid time. Yes, that's that's the the headline from what I well understand. well the, the part of it's just they whatever their plan is for their bullpen. Um, 
I don't think they really know. Because <laughs> based on what they're actually doing, it really doesn't make sense. And I don't, I don't know if anyone can actually explain what they're doing. Um, so, and, and if you go back to back it up, right? Like you take it from the end of game four against the Giants. Right. And, and they're planned for game five. And they're planned for game one and game two for the championship series has been really mystifying. And Ross, I don't know if you might not agree with me, but that's my take on it because they, yeah. they, it didn't make any sense. A lot of the things they've done, even going back to that game five, like, okay, great. You want to do this thing with the bullpen starter. Okay. And they've used Canable like that before. And that's great. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but then you end up using Urias and Max Scherzer in that same game. But, Correct me if I'm wrong. You don't use Joe Kelly. <laughs> so right. It's like, so how does that, you know, because why is Scherzer out there? Because what they've done now is they've literally hurt Scherzer. Right. Scherzer right. now he has had to get hit. out. He has to come out. He, no, but even better, even, even better, if you don't like the Dodgers, he couldn't pitch game one. Because he was slated to pitch game one of the championship series. Right. But he was, they, they scratched him kind of at the last minute because his arm was tired and dead. Then right. they said, okay, we'll start him game two. And in game two, he said, hey, my arm is still dead. And he didn't even argue. You didn't see this day, but he didn't even argue with. Uh, Dave Roberts, when he came out to get the ball. No, that was, was a first. He was like, four four point one innings, Scherzer's like, yes, I should come out because I'm, I'm done. done. And he actually said in the post-game interview, he said, I know the bullpen very well. Maybe Dave Roberts doesn't. And he goes, Vasia is much better for that situation. I was out. It was the most bizarre like, wow, that's kind of, of you know, like, situation. And yeah. And and so, and the only reason this is happening is that they used him as the the closer for Game Five. Which did they really need to? I don't. I think they mismanaged that. I think they should have yeah. brought Joe Kelly in when they brought in, yeah, in, uh, in um, Kenley Jansen and used Kenley Jansen for the ninth. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, the way I see it, and you know, just as a, a somewhat fan of the not fan, but person who watches Dodger games. Yeah, you get your starting pitcher as far as he can go. Once he's in a jam, Joe Kelly comes in, bails everybody out, and then you've got, you know, Trinan to Kenley, and that's the game. You know, that's basically yeah. and Canable and and and, and, and I mean, they have an amazing bullpen, and that's the thing. Because what is the one thing they're actually short of? Lefties starting pitchers. Lefty bullpen. No, but starting pitching is their main. Uh, problem, right? Because they've essentially only have three real starters, um, and 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 then they're using them in the bullpen. I mean, it just it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Like that's your that's the resource you need to protect, but they're using them short, you know, short rest and in the bullpen. Right. Um, it is absolutely bizarro. Um, yeah. And I and I, I hope it crash and burns. Now, I'm, still, I'm still pushing for a sweep by the Braves. <laughs> it could happen. It um, could. Let me stop you guys right there. Um, before we go any further, just to take a little bird's eye view of this whole thing, um, we from from what I'm looking at at our metrics, it seems like 
our, our recent episodes have gained a little traction. We have some new listeners coming into the So Baseball podcast. And I feel like it's, a, it's just a good moment to sort of define our terms. Um, we, we joke a lot about the Denny's menu on this podcast, and I feel like uh, we just need to clarify what that is. Um, and back, back in 2020, Gabe Kapler's first year with the Giants, Kevin was complaining about Kapler before he fell in love with Kapler. He would, he would see Kapler in the dugout with some big, giant, laminated uh, card, multi-page card of scenarios, situations, what to do, you know, choose your own adventure, except don't choose your own adventure. And Kevin said, it looks like he's down there with some sort of massive set of instructions from the front office that looks like a laminated Denny's menu because it's so big. Exactly, yeah. like the Denny's menu we all get at two in the morning. So, so when yeah, I, said, I've seen that. Look, I mean, I've I've seen that in the in the dugout. Yeah. So, um, we've all seen it. We all know why he's got it. But um, you know, some managers get to move off the menu. Some managers get a new menu every game. Um, I've seen the, the takes on Dave Roberts that I've been seeing this morning range from, um, you know, Dodgers are being too cute. Um, they're mm. trying to be too tricky and it's actually costing them and their starters are getting lit up in relief appearances. Or I'm seeing takes, this is what the Dodgers do. They did this a little bit last year and it worked. If this had, been, if this had worked, we'd been saying they're geniuses. So there's those kind of takes of saying like, you know, this is still the right thing to do, even though it didn't always work out. Getting Urias in to face key lefties in the Braves lineup could have worked, but, and then what the hell are you doing taking out Gratterall to bring in Kenley? Gratterall throws harder than Kenley, and he was like, sure, he gave up one hit. Uh, I think it was that, was it that broken bat, like garbage? Like I, taking out Gratterall for Kenley seems to be like a like for like thing that was just totally unnecessary. So yeah. the, the, there's a variety of takes and um, most of them have a kind of Denny's menu thing of like Dave Roberts, what is you doing? Um, but of course, like all of us know that it's not just Dave making these calls. It's correct. It's being, and Oh, the, another take is um, Andrew Friedman thinking, you know, he's still with the Rays and having to do raise level trickery when he doesn't need to do raise level trickery. Correct. And he's their front office guy. Right. Their baseball operations, which is a new term that creeped up recently. But yeah, and going back to the Denny's menu, just to finish that up with Kapler, it hasn't made an appearance all year. It didn't appear in 2021. It only appeared in 2020. And then it's, it's now it's, it's, it's disappeared from the dugout. You don't right. see it. You it was training it. wheels. It was, it was just, yeah, it was just kind of getting everyone to the right, um, the right mode. And from about, you know, after about 20 games into the 60 game season last year, everything started to really click for the giants. So, and it's been kind of clicking ever since, except for that yeah. last Padres series in 2020, um, where the Padres had a home game at Oracle park. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> But never felt more at home than that. Game. Yeah, no, exactly. When when everyone was a little shocked when the Padres had a walk off at Oracle. Um, <laughs> Grisham, the giant killer. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's it was. I just think that he just that the Dodgers as a collective group, because that's what they kind of are, 
I agree with the first assessment that you had mentioned, Ross, that I think they're just too cute for their own good, that, that they're, they're trying to game it so much that they've lost sight of the actual game and who the players are and what's actually happening in front of them and what the situation is. They're going too metric and not enough human, and that will, can kill you in the playoffs because the playoffs are a mixture. You, you have the two things, but you have to kind of blend them, and you can't rely on one or the other fully. You kind of have to really be in the moment and make a, a decision based on the moment. So that's my that's my take. And I feel like the Dodgers are just making these kind of, OK, this is our plan and we're sticking to it. You know, there's no audibles. There's no there's no shake up. There's this, you know, they've come up with this master plan. I mean, the whole not starting Urias in game five, really bizarre. He dominated the Giants almost all year. I know they want to do something there, but they kind of set themselves up because then they didn't have the bullpen you know, on the back end, and they felt like they had to use Max Scherzer. So, and that's fine. They won the game. Hey, hats off to them. Thanks to, to Gabe uh, Morales at first base umpire. But, <laughs> but you know, from, from there, it's just kind of like, now what are you doing? And how is, it, how is this playing into the fact that you have to fly across the country, play a game on Saturday night, um, and then play a game Sunday night. Now you're flying all the way back to California and you're going to play another game where the Braves have been. A day game. For... Is it a day game? Really? Yeah. Tomorrow's a day game. Oh my God. See, even more, uh, more reasons why the Braves have a really good chance of sweeping this thing. Dave, Cause... your thoughts. Um, yeah. I, I don't know about the day game Braves thing. That's actually interesting. Why is, are they good in the day? Is that, is that the deal? No, TV. It's just an even shorter turnaround for the Dodgers. And oh, the, re- the reason why it's day is because the night game, I guess, is the Red Sox-Astros, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's only fair. I mean, the Dodgers haven't had a day playoff game yet that I know of, you know. No. They usually put the boring ones on in the daytime. <laughs> you know, White Sox, you know, some it, people. It like usually has to do with the market, like who's got the smaller TV market. Right, a lot of times we'll do that too. So. Yeah, if you're watching on Fox Sports One, you know you've taken a you've taken the wrong turn. Um, but you know, my my thought is, I agree with what I'm hearing. Uh, the Dodgers have gotten so cute; they're squiggled out. You know, they they just they they forgot that it's a simple game. You know, you you got to just you got to hit, you got to score runs, and then you got to close it out. That's all it is. That's you know. And the Dodgers I mean, haven't been scoring runs from third base with less than mm. two outs. I mean, you, you score those two runs, these walk-offs don't happen. The Dodgers are kind of like the Yankees of, of the West Coast. Like, they've got every conceivable asset that any team could want, and they're just messing it up. They're just screwing it up. Exactly. You know? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, it's not, oh, if only we had this, we'd be fine. They've got two of this. No, it's, Yeah. yeah. You it's, lose Bauer, you get Scherzer. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah it's like Trey it's, Turner and some kind of a sidecar situation. I mean, what it, are you guys complaining about? It's like the guy who buys the sports car but doesn't know how to drive the sports. That's car. right. That's and, exactly right. And you know, it's too just too much for them to handle. Now, the interesting part about the hitting, this is really fascinating, is game one against the Braves, the Dodgers had ten hits and they really couldn't get it aboard. Last night. 
lost in the shuffle. They only had four hits in the whole game. The wow, Braves, really? the Braves shut them down on the hitting side. Um, and those two hits, uh, three hits came off the starter in the first three innings, and they only got one hit from the fourth inning on. One hit. That's Padre like. But but but, the Braves walked nine people. <laughs> so, well, so, if you if you can you know get out those nine people, then that's okay. Yeah, exactly. So so anyway, that's it, it's, it's just a very strange uh, situation because on the other side, the Braves managed to get ten hits off this. I want to say cesspool of pitching, but but soup of pitching that the Dodgers were throwing out there. And um, they only had two walks, so and they struck out tw- twelve times. Yeah. Um, so, so you could see that they're clutching now. Who's the hero of Game Two? A hero of Game Two. Uh, Who walked it off? Eddie Rosario. He's not a player. <laughs> you tell me. Ron Washington. Oh, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> third base coach. I mean, we're, we we started sending this, those guys. Oh, we started this whole process with a bad decision by a third base coach back in the game, the Yankees versus the Red Sox, right? Right. Phil, Phil Nevin. Nevin. Phil Nevin. Then we get last night. It was truly amazing. Okay, first of all, Rosario tags up on a very questionable tag attempt when you're down two runs from first to second right ross i mean that's that's like yeah fundamentals if you make that second out on that play that is just like that's worse than chris taylor falling down or not making yeah which also could have been a third base coach situation but go on yeah anyway so he makes he gets in there at the on the skin the skin of his fingernails like he slide because because the throw by pollock was not very it was a good no. throw, but it was just a little to the left. I mean, because I think he was a little shocked by the whole situation. Yes. So, so Rosario, who would be the second most important person in the game, he was, uh, I think he was um, uh, Pedro Martinez, uh, who's your daddy. Uh, he did. Yeah. So anyway, so he makes that play. Now he's at second base and they get the, the hit and here comes Windmill Washington. <laughs> like, like nobody's business, like just come on, you can do this, you know, and he gets there, okay? And so he scores on that play. Now that was a hit by Ozzy Albies, right? Right. But somehow on that crazy play of the plate, Albies does not get the second base. He I know. Do- he, he doesn't didn't advance. He didn't advance. And if you saw the clip on TV last night, Ross, Ron Washington makes this expression to Albies across the field. He shows him two fingers and points to second base and yeah. goes, what the, you know, why, why, <laughs> why aren't you on second base? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you know, I'm dealing with this guy, getting this guy to score. Why aren't you at second base? Do your freaking job, right? Make that advance. Okay. So next hit is an absolute smash, right? I mean, it was right. Was it, who was that? Was that Riley? I'm trying to blank now, but whoever smashed that ball, like past bets, who's now in center field. And here yeah, comes Riley. Riley. And here comes windmill Washington. Yeah. He's waving the guy. He just gave crap to for not making the second. He's <laughs> waving him all the way home from first. Yeah. And he's like out of control with his arm going. Like, do you think his arm's going to go out of socket? And here comes Albies, who puts on the. Oh, also, just going back, Rosario made one of the best slides ever at home plate. Yeah, 
He he fully had his body out of the way, so his hand was the only thing that was coming in. Yep. To the plate. Beautiful play. Then you got Albies who takes the other direction because we don't get to see this too much anymore because of that uh, the injury, the posey in 2011. The play at the plate isn't so much a collision anymore. Right. But Will Smith expecting the play, he's got his glove in the in the foreground of of uh, Albies coming in, hoping that the ball gets there exactly at the same time. But what a what, it was like pig pen. <laughs> like the dust cloud. Yeah, Albies comes in, knocks the glove off of off, yeah. of, off of him. There was some other thing in there that I thought was the ball at first when I was seeing the big angle. And it was like some sort of thumb guard or something. Yeah, that's that same thumb guard that came into play the last game when Will Smith had his glove knocked off and oh. he thought he couldn't find the ball and he he saw he was that white the, thing. The sum, the, the... When the umpire in game five kicked the ball away. Oh right, right. Yeah. And then so and so and that the glove like like um, Albies takes his glove with him. Like he he slid past him head first <laughs> and the glove is like with him. Like he's almost wearing the glove now and, <laughs> and the ball goes flying around. And yeah. If you haven't like, seen that play, yeah, it's and, on the game highlights, go to the game highlights and bring, watch this play on the, on the Riley um, double uh, and Albie's scoring from first. You get to see the Ron Washington windmill and this amazing kind of non-collision, but definitely, uh, interaction at the plate. It's and, pretty... and, it's, and I'm not even done because what happened is the ball shoots past uh, Will Smith and Albies. Albies somehow then like he kind of like touches home plate. Like he's kind of sitting on it at one point. It was really yeah, weird. Yeah, he's and sitting he, on home plate. Yeah, and he touches it. But the ball, if you saw this, Russ, the ball ricochets off that back wall. Yeah, Meanwhile, comes the, guy, back. the guy who's on deck who was kind of given the signs to Albies, he is running forward towards him, and the ball like shoots past him. It's like this crazy chaos, like in that. Yeah. Once I don't even know where the umpire was. The umpire was like on the other side, in, <laughs> on the side of a play, you know, in the field. It was just a cra- It was just amazing because it was just one big cloud of dust, and and what a ballsy move by Washington to wave yeah. him, and because we're talking Mookie Betts throwing the ball, not. You know, it wasn't some other outfielder. This is the right. guy who's who we know is notorious for gunning people down, and he hit the cutoff. I think he hit Seager, and Seager made a really, a really good throw to put it right into the mix. But it was just a big mess, and uh, and that tied the game. And that yep. that was that was just, it was just some great baseball right there. It was just a great, great snapshot of of of, and also Urias was on the mound, so he's totally melting down with this whole. Yep. explosion happening around yeah it. that's not like going off the denny's menu this is just bad for player morale and confidence and yeah like we say like setting people up to fail that's exactly what the dodgers keep doing time and time again yeah. and meanwhile the the braves everyone on the braves except for freddie freeman is like being opportunists and taking advantage of these kind of dodger leaving leaving it open leaving the door open a crack and the the braves players are just you know, kicking it in at any chance they get. Yeah, I think the Braves are just, uh, they they are just in the moment. And they've, you know, they're playing off of what happened last year as well when they went up 3-1 and didn't win and all that. So yeah. I think, um, and I have to say, what's his name, the manager for um, for the Braves? Snitker. Snitka is just doing a great job. So yeah, 
You know, I think he's, I think he's pulling a lot of the right levers. I think I texted you guys last night when, when it was like, Oh, uh, pinch hitter, change the pitcher, double switch. This is like heaven for me all in one play. Like, <laughs> this is like, Oh, this, this is some of the last national league baseball yeah, you're going to get to see. Could ever. be. Yeah. Could be. And, and, and this is why national league baseball is so great. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a, uh, it was just tremendous to see all those things in motion and then to see the outcomes, you know, and, and uh, it's, I don't know, uh, Braves, um, this day game, I think can really help the Braves too, you know? So, uh, well, you got to think that the Dodgers are going to be very keyed up when they get back They're you know, they, they're hungry for a win. They're going to be back in front of the home crowd. You know, I mean, I, I could see this, you know, I could see it evening up or not evening up, but you know, Dodgers get one back and now all of a sudden game four is super tense again. Yeah. Although, you know, Bueller's going to pitch this game. So Bueller pitched last uh, Tuesday against the giants, I believe. So he's rested. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fully rested. Although he pitched on short for that one. So we'll see. And now he's got long, right? So short and long. Um, so that that would be interesting, and but I still think I think the pressure now is fully on the Dodgers, and and how this all kind of unfolds will be really interesting. Also, if if Tur- Justin Turner he had that neck thing in in play, I mean if mm-hmm. he's not in the game, that could that could cause some issues. But um, I just I think there's just a, I wonder what's going on between the players and management though. Like, are they feeling like you were saying? earlier Ross are they feeling that they're not being put in positions to win that they're they're being mon- it's kind of being monkeyed around yeah maybe pitching wise but when yeah. Mookie Betts when Mookie Betts can't get a fly ball to bring a home or a runner from third he's being put in a position to succeed he's just not yeah. getting it done and like yeah. so you got to put some of the blame on the Dodgers hitters I mean yeah. if you look at how the Braves are hitting with runners in scoring position I mean, they haven't had too many runners in scoring position, but when they yeah, and if you if you count first base uh, Albies as in scoring position, like the Braves are doing just enough, the Dodgers are up there kind of flailing around. Mm. Um, Trey Turner has looked, he's looked like a single A player up there at the plate. He's been abysmal. I've just been like, who who is this guy? Like, yeah, he did he struck- hit- he hit one to the wall. I know he almost got that one. So it doesn't always show up in the box score, as they say. Yeah. But, like, and, you know, these blunders on the base paths, um, you know, it's just been – it's been – Belly, you know, had that bloop single that should have, you know, set the Dodgers up in game one. Right. Except Chris Taylor ran out of the inning. Um, but yeah, the Braves are getting it done without Freddie Freeman doing anything. Yeah, Seven that's... strikeouts out of eight plate appearance. Yeah, I think, and I think that is going to change. And I think that's that's the only, that's going to be really positive for the Braves is that he will not be like that on tomorrow, and huh? he he'll put the ball in more in play. He got that fly ball his last at bat. Um, Bill Plunkett could stop tweeting at that point. Um, <laughs> He's the Orange Orange County Register reporter. He he just loved tweeting out five strikeouts in a row, six, seven. Um, it's like thanks a lot, Bill. Why don't you focus on something else? Um, so 
Yeah, I, I think it's I, I think you're right. I think some other things that have transpired is um so Bellinger, I don't even think he got in a game. Oh no, he, he played first yesterday. Okay. Yeah. He was at first and he was 0 for three. Um yep. Lux was 0 for three yesterday. And so he was in the game. So um in fact, you know, like I said, they only got four hits, and that was and one of them was two of them happened in the first inning. Betts and um Seeger, right? And then JT's going to figure it out. He did get in the game yesterday. He got hit by a pitch. He hit for Lux, who was just chonking it. Um, yeah. So JT, I think JT gets home today. He sees yeah. his masseuse. He gets his neck thing worked out. Yeah. Uh, I, I see him to lead the team tomorrow um, at Dodger Stadium. You know, the crowd's going to be into it. Yeah. Uh, they're just going to be unrelenting. They're going to will the Dodgers to a win yesterday, tomorrow. Like that, I can almost guarantee. And then game four could be like one of these emotional letdowns. Like we got ourselves back into it. Oh, we screwed up again. So um, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I do think the Dodgers like have to be like 80-20 to get the game tomorrow. I just, I feel like they're going to respond. Well, I don't, I, I'm, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't bet against Charlie Morton. I think mm. I think Charlie Morton pitching in clutch playoffs. I'm not sure what he did in 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 the division series, uh, but I think he pitched pretty well. I think they won the game he pitched in. I mean, that's a lot of really good experience on the mound there with no without pressure as well, right? Yeah, so the yeah. pressure is off him, and I, those crafty guys in the in the in the in the playoffs. You go back many years. Remember John Tudor pitching for the Cardinals. Uh, these kind of guys uh, uh, that are a little bit craftier when, once they get into the playoffs, like their season might not be the best, but they have such, um, you know, they're so calm and collective out there in the playoffs that they yeah. can make things No happen. experience play, but yeah. Bueller's been around enough now. He, he, you know, he, this is not his first rodeo. So I'm not worried about, uh, you know, Bueller kind of losing any sort of composure. Right. But now you've got Urias who's going to start. We don't know who's going to start with the Braves in game four, but Urias is set to start game four. He pitched right. yesterday. I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, this is the repercussions of all this goofball shit. Exactly. And that, that's where who knows what happens, uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, the game starts at two o'clock. Pacific Coast time. Yeah, that's great. That's great for me. Schedule wise, yeah. that works. That works right yeah. into my. <laughs> and and so does that mean, Ross? Because you know the stadium a little bit better these days. Does that mean by if the game is getting late in the game, when do the shadows start to creep in? Yeah, the sh- at this time of year, the shadows will start to play a factor a lot earlier than they yeah. do. Um, so during around a regular like thirty or so. Yeah, and the right fielder is going to be, uh, the right fielder is going to be in trouble um, because the sun comes in over the the left field stand gotcha. or, or the, you know, the, the third baseline stand. Right. Um, so the, the right fielder is going to be fighting left. the sun. Thank you, David. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> so far stadium. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, so skipping ahead to tonight, we're going to shift yeah. over to the American league. Um, we've got a 1-1 score in games between the Red Sox and the Astros. We're about to look – we're about to play three games straight 
at Fenway Park in uh, Boston. The Red Sox are at home, obviously, and they've got all the momentum, but Houston still are total mashers and they're not afraid of anything. Will this, uh, let me start with Dave. Dave, will this series get wrapped up in Boston, either by the Red Sox or the Astros? Or is this series going back to Houston? I think it's going back. I think it's going seven games. This Ooh. is this is a you know a heavyweight fight, slugfest. You know, you punch us, punching back. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I gotta say, you know, I, I actually am enjoying it. You know, seeing Good. the Astros in Game One just such dickheads, like you know him looking at his watch and I mean that was yeah just, yeah. And then, and then the boss, you know, then the Red Sox come back game two, make them look like idiots. And now it's like, okay, let's see, you know, exactly. It's a punches match. Fun. It's yeah. A, it, they're punching. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's actually, a, I think, a, you know, more fun as far as, you know, who who's going to be the hero. Someone's going to step up and do something. And who's it going to be? I think that the Red Sox will take probably two of three. You know, go back to Houston up three two, right? Um, and uh, then Houston will take Game Six because you know, set us up for Game Seven. You know, and then anybody can anything I, can happen. I think you're spot on. Two two out of three to the Red Sox. They've got all the momentum. <clears throat> They've got fun fun characters, fun stories. They've got a laundry cart. They've got Kike Hernandez is playing Ruthian. Yes, Sasha. Ruthian level stuff out there on the mound, or on the mound, on the <laughs> at the at the plate. <laughs> he doesn't pitch like Babe Ruth. That, uh, but anyway, well, um, maybe maybe Dave Roberts would use him. I'm <laughs> I'm contractually obligated to root for the Red Sox based on a gambling loss. But even if I wasn't, I'd be rooting for this fun-loving <laughs> ragtag bunch of brilliant hitters that the Red Sox have. They're pitching. After Eovaldi is a little shaky, but um, I, I'm all in for the Red Sox. Let's do this. Well, that's that's uh, a little bit surprising to hear because you are first and foremost a Yankee fan. But Correct. Don't forget that, Ross. Well, you, you did might. hear that he lost the same bet that I guess Gabe Morales lost, but <laughs> um, or someone someone's pet was being held hostage. Uh, now here's the interesting news, and I, I I agree with you guys also. By the way, that I think um, I think it will go seven. Now the here's the exciting and interesting news. It looks like Zach Greinke might start Game Four in Fenway, right? Which because the the other guy got hurt uh, yesterday, so they're they're also hurt, hurting for short starting pitching. But I think that would be great because that guy, again, is like I was just saying, this kind of older player who maybe had a crap season or whatever, but you put him in that spot and he's got all that experience to kind of um, build off of and be crafty from. So um, I do think, I think they'll, the Red Sox will take two out of three. I'm just super excited because I didn't really care about this series going into it. I think I mentioned that. I was like, eh, we talked about it. I was like, eh. Not really a big thing. But the first game was great. And then the second game, even though it was a blowout, it had its, like, weird tempo because you were kind of – it was amazing. Two grand slams, never seen that before, never happened before in a playoff game. 
Uh, and then you had Kike Hernandez. He's still on fire doing his Ruthian things, not on the mound. <laughs> um, and uh, Ruthian on the mound makes it sound like he was like drunk on the mound after the game or something. But um, we, although he did pitch early in his career. But uh, so you had this, all this stuff going on and it just, it, it all of a sudden became interesting um, as, as the game progressed. Well, someone pointed out that, uh, you know, being down, being up five runs on the Red Sox uh, with a few innings left, sixth inning or whatever, that, that's, uh, that's not a blowout anymore. Like the Red Sox. Right. Are, I mean, the uh, Astros are one team that, absolutely can come back from that yeah. type of deficit no problem yeah no i was really surprised because early on i texted that game it was nine nothing by the fourth inning i think um and early on i said or maybe it was a third i forget but uh it was i i thought oh for sure the astros are gonna have to use a position player to pitch yeah at some point they didn't though because they kept it tight and they kept it close and uh, they didn't. Well, they, they didn't give up any more runs. Let's put it that way. They 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 only chipped away, and uh, and you know, and they they got closer, but um, didn't think they would over overpass them at that point. Nah. Uh, but but it's it's definitely it's going to be interesting because okay, first of all, some great storylines. You know, somewhere down the road, might not be this series. It could be Carlos. Correa will get something special. Yep. The Red Sox. He for sure will get something special from the Red Sox fans at Madison Park. <laughs> I mean, not that they need any extra encouragement to give him something special, but um, I think I think the whole time thing will come into play tonight. I think there'll be some some oh, cre- yeah. creative fans with some you know watches <laughs> and clocks and and stuff um, we'll see so let's see what happens with that um but uh yeah it was just uh it, it, it just it now it, it's getting interesting and so they 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 got that game and um and we'll see I'm imagine sure. if the dodgers had gotten one of their games then we'd be saying hey is this series even going back to atlanta right like you know yeah. like no i um, agree i agree getting that one game in the first two to to yeah. to steal home field advantage is just changes yeah. the entire narrative. Yeah, no, it hurt the Giants. I mean, the Giants, uh, you know, that game two, they got kind of blown out on two relievers, and that really kind of set the tone. And I felt like they didn't. And after you know having that crazy win on the game three, they kind of had a letdown on game four. I didn't think they had the jugular in their in their you know in their view, they were more like, well, we'll play this game and see what happens. And we go home. And it was like, you gotta, you gotta just keep it, keep it pedal, you know, keep that pedal down. Yeah. Especially in a short series, you want to just get in there and crush them. Yeah. Don't, don't mess around. Um, But uh, we shall see uh, what happens, but I'm, I'm excited because this is some really good baseball we're watching. Yeah. This is not, this is not like, uh, and all this, you know, all the playoffs have been pretty, the games have all been pretty competitive. So, um, yeah. And to was, all of our listeners who, who were bummed when it was like their team's not in it or whatever. Um, oh, Dodgers, Braves. I can't imagine yeah. a bo- more boring thing. Well, it's a rematch of last year and these two teams are damn good. Yeah. Astros versus Red Sox. They're both cheaters. Well, I don't care. No, this has been a really yeah. fun slugfest so far. And like, 
just tune in, get into it. I promise yeah. you, you're not going to be, you're, you're not going to be bored by either of these two baseball series. I've got my dad texting me like, you know, what, what are the Dodgers doing? You know, like he, <laughs> he doesn't have a rooting interest in this and he's going like Dodgers blowing it. So if my dad's jumping in and getting interested, then you know, this is compelling baseball. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to take it for what it is and, and just enjoy it because it, this is, this is the culmination of a whole season. These are the four teams that are left. Um, they they've got, they've, everyone's got injuries. Everyone's got issues. Uh, it's going to get colder, right? In Fenway, I'm sure it's colder tonight. Um, mm-hmm. And so all these things come into play, or like in Atlanta, it was cold, right? Like everyone's like, wow, ball is not flying out. This is what it's like to play in the stadium in, in October because no one had ever played, I don't think, late, late in October in that stadium because they, they were in the playoffs a couple years ago, but I think they got bounced early or something. So, um, you know, and the games weren't there last year. So, uh it's this all it's all super interesting and and here we here we got two amazing ballparks as well dodger stadium and fenway park for the next three Mm -hmm. games uh and we're guaranteed three games in these ballparks right i mean there's there's no way oh no i guess it could be two in dodger stadium if they sweep but yeah um but anyway these are two amazing like and you know that they're the i think is fenway the oldest or is Either Fenway, the Fenway or Wrigley is the oldest, and then but Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Stadium is the third. So yeah, it's like. It's, and what was the fourth? Uh, Oakland Coliseum. Angel Stadium. Oh, is that right? Oh, really? I don't know. Look it up. Anyway, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you. Might well, let me jump in real quick because yeah. I actually have to do a, a one o'clock uh, obligation. I'm not proud of it, but it does have to happen. So before I do, I'd like to, and because Ross, you may have to carry the torch after this. But this episode was brought to you by alcohol. <laughs> Everyone loves it. It's as old as, you know, it's one of the oldest liquids on earth. And we think you should buy some. Yeah. Alcohol. And- okay, great. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Love you too. Wrap it up. Okay, bye. All right. Okay. Bye, Dave. Bye. All right, boss. Well, that went pretty right. well. Um, yeah. I'm, so I'm excited think, for so one thing we didn't touch on though was yeah. uh, the offshoot shows that you and Dave are going to do. Yeah, well, we'll we'll let's let that still progress, and we can't give away everything in one episode. Yeah, we just dropped the big, the big news about the sponsorship, so we don't want yeah. we don't want to tip our hand too much and talk about the expansion shows. But anyway, I think I'm really excited about this baseball, and I, I wasn't. Friday, Friday, I was not excited about anything. I always uh, have been, and I, I am going to continue to be because of the Giants losing the way they lost, uh, which take you know a opportunity, you know, chance. Just give them a chance, you know. If they if they struck out fair and square, that's fine. I mean, okay, but I do take a little bit of solace in the fact that that the giant, the Dodgers had to go so far and so extreme in their minds to beat the Giants that they've now jeopardized their whole pitching setup. Yeah, they have. And, no, they're and, still paying the repercussions for what they needed to do to win that series against the Giants. They were that's, wounded. That's right. And also because the Giants won the Western Division, the Dodgers are not the home, don't have home field advantage in the series against the Braves. So um, that those are two, two, you know, little takeaways. Not the real takeaways I wanted, but... You know, I can, I can, you know, 
wait till next year. Yeah. Um, and I think your, your, your 2022 is actually a brighter picture than you had portrayed it earlier. There's a good chance they can bring back a lot of the key key folks who helped them to their 2021 success. Yeah, yeah, I just, but I'm always, always, and you know this with sports, like, you know, sometimes those moments are, you know, very, you know, flashing and you got to do yeah. at the time, right? You know, how many, how many teams get there and then they never get back or whatever circumstances, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees uh, were one game away from the World Series in 2017. The Astros cheated them out of it. And we were like, well, fine, 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 fine. Well, you know, we have this young core. It's the, it's the beginning of our, our window. We're going to be back. Yeah. You know, we get bounced in 2018 by the Red Sox. We get bounced again by the Astros in 2019. I know I'm telling you all people, things, you know, we lose to the Rays last year. We lose wild card this year. Like, you know, and now people are saying like, okay, you know, is, is Gary Sanchez gone? Right. Like, you know, like, yeah. um, happens the, fast. The, you got yeah it's sort of it's like a sandcastle it just starts all crumbling and the next thing you know they're like yankees got to rebuild they might have to move someone to to rebuild the farm system like you know the the yankees might be looking at like their version of a teardown correct yeah it's and and that's the thing is like so you have those moments you got to take them at the same thing uh just as as a fan you got to enjoy every little moment too. It's, it's for sure. It really reinforces why you celebrate every little accomplishment along the way to a to a, on a playoff team because that's why you celebrate when you clinch a playoff spot. You celebrate when you clinch the division because you never know. You never know if you get that chance otherwise. And then it's and and in baseball, it's not you know it's not the end of the world that you didn't win the World Series um, unless you're in the World Series. Uh, but it, it definitely, you know, you have to, you know, appreciate all things. I mean, are the, the 19, whatever team, 1954 Indians who won like a ton of games that because they didn't win the world series, did they do anything less in the American league? No, they still won the American league pennant. Um, yeah, no, I, I I was looking up the, the Brooklyn Dodgers history a few months ago and yeah, oh, the, they're, you know, they're the bums. They keep losing. Well, they still won the National League pennant every freaking year to get to the, all those World Series that they that they ended up losing. Yeah, you know, like so they were probably beating up on all the other crappy teams in the National League th- those years. So like the player, the fans who went to Ebbets Field to see their games, like it wasn't like they're watching the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, who can barely win fifty games. Like, um, you know, the Dodgers were making these World Series, so they weren't like huge losers they just came up a little bit short every year yeah i think it's it's just keeping it all perspective i mean you look at like the they were talking last night because they had this interview with the pittsburgh pirates of 71 and they were talking about the baltimore orioles i mean that team won the american league in 69 70 and 71 is one of the greatest teams i mean in 71 they had 20 20 game winning pitchers Etc. They lost to the Pirates in the World Series. Yeah. They lost to the Mets in the World Series in '69. They did beat the Reds in the middle. So and and they were comparing them to the Oakland A's of '88, '89, and '90. Mm. You know where they lost to the Dodgers, beat the Giants, um, but lost to the uh, Cincinnati Reds in. Uh, That's in right. '90. I mean, I was, forgot about the '90 Reds. What a yeah! I was unlikable team. I got to go to one of those World Series games. I think it was game. Three, I think. I oh, you did. Three, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, 
Because I think they swept them. Didn't they sweep them? I recall. I forget. Um, anyway, I went to one of the games and it was cool. Um, uh, that team, yeah, that was that was a interesting team. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, but baseball's like that. I mean, you got to enjoy, and that's why I would yeah. you know, enjoy enjoy each game. And that's why I was I was happy that I was able to turn the table and say, you know what, I'm going to try and enjoy these games. Yeah. Without and and it's I mean these two last games have been riveting. The, the absolutely Dodgers. yeah no it's good and, it's good baseball and, and the first, i'm sure you're taking you're taking some pleasure in the braves winning as well yeah no well like i said i, I do enjoy the fact that what the dodgers had to do to beat the giants really kind of screwed up their pitching staff um and and they asked dave roberts that last night he kind of sidestepped it but you know there you go um there you go it's all good. And I, I just have one last side note. The most yeah. amazing thing of the Red Sox 9 nothing lead against the Astros was I had the radio on and Tony Perez's son, Eduardo, I think Perez, was the color man on the radio yeah. broadcast with Dan Schulman. Yep. And because it was a 9 nothing game, it was also the anniversary of the World Series game, I think, where Tony Perez hit two homers in 1975. Okay. And that spurred this whole conversation about being the son of Tony Perez <laughs> in Cincinnati and all the stories like, you know, like um, first day in class, the teacher asking him, are you Tony Perez's son? <laughs> and he said, yes, I am. And then, you know, and then it went from there. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool because he, 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 they, he said, and then Dan Schum was like, where did you sit? And he said the exact section seat, you know, row oh, and wow. seat. And then he said, and then my mom had one seat just for her purse. <laughs> and, and then he goes, Oh, that's a big purse. And he goes, It was a big seat. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, that was, so that little, just that little interchange. They talked for like a half inning about this in depth, you know, right. Because the game was kind of a blowout at that point. And well, also there was that break when they had to, oh, right. The pitcher and, right that Odorizzi took like two years to oh warm God. up at least 15 minutes, uh, but it seemed like a half hour Yeah, and when he, and they brought him in and I, I don't know if you saw this Russ, but he was soft tossing when he first came in from like behind the mound to home plate. It yeah. was like, it was like all of that's a sudden, how starting pitchers warm up. Oh they, no, believe me. I, I know it very well, but, but maybe you don't bring in a starting pitcher in that situation. You bring in, but you're allowed to, I know. But but maybe there's some question there because maybe you bring in someone who can warm up faster, let them finish the inning while the your starting pitcher is warming up properly in the bullpen. Just a thought. Hello? You still there? Yo, what's up? Hey, buddy. Not too much. How are you? I'm good. Now, let me ask you a question. You said for all future podcast recordings to put it on your Google calendar. Yes. And what the heck does that mean? For someone who doesn't utilize Google's advanced services, what the hell are you talking about? Well, you invite me, you set up a meeting and you put me down as, as a, as an attendee, and then I get an email, and I can officially put it in my calendar 
to make sure that I reserve time for this very important podcast. Okay, well, let me, let me tell you where I'm coming from. Uh-huh. We use Anchor to, re- to record this podcast, and it does, Anchor does not have any advanced scheduling feature. And I use, like, I use Windows like Outlook for my work computer, and I use like, you know, Apple, iCal, whatever, for my personal life. Like what, how am I going to get, do I have to use Google to, do I have to be in like Google scheduling to do this or what? I don't think so. I think you can use a Microsoft Outlook and you just, but you're sending it to my work email address so that it just appears in my calendar. Cause like when you invited me to that Moby Dick podcast, I just got an email. Mm -hmm. It didn't show up in my calendar. I had to create a separate calendar entry. Uh, even in your, well, I sent it to your personal email, right? Yeah, but that just, you know, I guess I could, it, it didn't go into my like Apple calendar. But anyway, we'll cut all this out. We'll figure it out for next time. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Sasha. How are you feeling about your boys out there tying up the series one game to one? Um, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I would hope so. I... I I feel pretty good in the sense that it's not just the outcome of the game that I feel good about. And listen, I, I don't, I don't wish injuries on anybody, but the, the Astros have a problem with their pitching. Yeah. Um, and two major components of their lineup um, are injured. Yeah. It's and true. Puts them in a pretty precarious um, situation. For sure. With most likely um, a significant bullpen game either showing up in game four or game five and really serious situation if they have to do that tonight yeah i mean i think they do have to do a little bit of that tonight i mean because um the the red sox have rodriguez going and urquidy is going for the astros how many innings can each side realistically expect from their starters and who and, and if the sh- starters each go only go four or five, who has the advantage in a bullpen situation? I mean, right now the Red Sox have the advantage, at least in this game, right? Because yeah. they, they definitely have some arms. Um, and I, I will be very specific because we talked about this with the Dodgers. They have arms who are ready, who arms of pitchers who could be starters and are projected to be starters, but they're right. in the bullpen right now. Right. So they, they actually have uh, quite a few options to go long with some of these pitchers, especially if they are doing well. Yeah. Now, Hauk has gotten knocked around the park a little bit. Yeah. Um, are you still as confident in, as him as as everyone had been going into this series? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that that it, it, it depends how quickly he can make adjustments. Right. He's been pretty successful so far. Um, but I think like every pitcher or hitter who comes up to the major leagues, uh, people are going to get used to, used to you. For sure. For sure. Out. And the people who survive are the ones who are able to make those adjustments. Right. Absolutely. So that's a pretty tall order to do that in a high pressure situation in, um, in the playoffs. So, but he's a fantastic pitcher and he has a lot of experienced pitchers who have been helping him. Yeah. Um, in, including Eovaldi, who's actually been helping, um, you know, other pitchers. In- yeah, I heard something. I, saw, I read something that 
somebody helped sale. They figured something out for sale going into game one. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know that some people say that sale had a terrible outing. Um, mm -hmm. He only went 2.2, but uh, only giving up one run. He did get out of some jams. I thought sale actually for someone coming off Tommy John, I thought sale looked decent. Um, are they, are they going to use him again to start or is he a bullpen option? I think they're going to probably try to get him to start again. I, okay. I, I, don't, I don't think they're, I think that's maybe a, a last resort because okay. I think that would be unfair to put him in that position. Yeah. Um, they know, can learn he, from the Dodgers mistakes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you saw what happened. Oh, you know, we just got off the phone with Kevin and Dave and, Kevin was going on and on about all the, the Dodgers uh, getting too fancy and, yeah. and all the Dodgers missteps of, of trying to use their pitchers in weird situations, including Scherzer in that game five uh, closeout, which then, you know, took him off schedule to start game one of, yeah. of the Brave series. And then he, he, you know, looked like a goofball the other night in relief. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's going to do that with uh, sale. Now, He's definitely not going to do that tonight. There, there definitely could be a situation where he feels that there are enough runs on the board that he can put Sale in there to eat up maybe one or two innings that right. kind of takes them to some of the other um, arms in the bullpen. So that could happen. But Cora is not going to make the same mistake as the Dodgers. He just yeah. Like he's now, would two open. grand slams in the first two innings put you slightly at ease? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but, you know, during the game, like, you're just like, can we celebrate now? And the answer is no, because, you know, if we hadn't if we hadn't have hit that second Grand Slam, I mean, the game would have ended, like, 6-4. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's like the, the Houston Astros, and this is why I'm, I'm – I feel good about it, but I don't feel that this is a lock by any stretch of the imagination because that lineup can produce a lot of runs really quick, really quickly. Right. So even if we have like five to six runs to work with, like that's not enough. Like no. these guys can like if they if they get like a couple runs and like, you know, in the seventh and eighth, like they're right back in it. They say that no lead is safe in Fenway Park. And they also say that no lead is safe against the Astros hitters. Yeah. So tonight we're looking at an over under tonight of like 15. I mean, I haven't looked at the odds, but this is going to be a high scoring game tonight. Yeah, I think it will will too. At, at, when you never know, right? It's just like Rodriguez, he's really streaky. Like sometimes he can have just dominating games and just like this guy is great. And then others yeah. are just like, dude, what happened to you, man? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's only been five days. <laughs> like, what happened to you? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And for, with all he's been through, I know I know everybody um pretty much knows his story of getting COVID and long COVID and then some some uh, associated heart troubles yeah. afterwards like everybody's rooting for this guy to come out and just shove yeah i mean the, the, the other the other thing that i'm also happy about too is that because it was such a high scoring game some of the relievers who were not completely comfortable with like ate up some innings <laughs> like out of yeah yeah 
<laughs> that was such a perfect situation for him, right? Because <laughs> it like didn't matter if he was <laughs> It's so funny watching you Red Sox fans have like Otto Vino stress when we had that as Yankees fans for those years. And like, yeah, totally. hey man, couldn't it have, you know, I mean, we would love the guy, you know, he seems like a perfectly nice guy and a cool, cool pitcher, but he is just, whoo. Talk about a nail biter. I mean, his, his entire demeanor is like so negative. He's like got the hunched shoulders. Yeah. I mean, even after like the end of the inning, when he was walking off of the the field, he was like pursing his limp lips. And he just <laughs> lost his vibe. I just like, what is wrong? I know. No, his body language is terrible. Well, he's you know, like me, he's being forced to support the Red Sox. He grew up a lifelong Yankees fan, traded against his will to his enemy. Yeah. And now he's supposed to go out there and try and help them. So I know he he tries to mess up and screw up his games as often as possible and to make it look realistic. But you know he can't throw every game. Yeah. So I mean he, he's a good relief pitcher, right? He 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 definitely is, is like that. That session was great. Like I mean I thought he did okay, right? But it was like, you know we talked about this in the, in the last podcast. It's just like Cora is really good at putting these guys in positions where they're going to succeed. And that was like a perfect example of like what he did. It's like, we got to put Ottavino in. It's like, this guy can eat up an inning for us. And it's yeah. just like, and there's no pressure. Like, it doesn't matter if people score. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that was, that was a, a great usage of him. And it also happened with like some of the other relievers. Like, I think there was actually one point in, in, in the last game where the players went up to, I can't remember who the pitcher was. You could just tell her just like, look at the scoreboard. You're, you're, you're eating the corners. Just go after him. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like this, this is not working out. And what are you afraid of? Right. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's the whole ethos where the team knows exactly what Cora wanted out of him. And it's like, dude, you're just here to eat the innings up. It doesn't yeah. Matter. Well, I have to say two grand slams gives you a nice little cushion. Yeah. So, yeah. although Ottavino threw in both games in the series so far and has had decent results. So yeah. um, you got to think he's, you know, if he's not their setup, man, he's not their closer. Um, but he is like a key, like he's kind of like being used like Joe Kelly is for the Dodgers. Like, um, you know, first guy out, shut down a key righty bat or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, although, you know, with the three batter rule, um, if you throw a guy out there, you better be ready for him to handle righties and lefties, no matter who it is. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't live in that age anymore where you have those type of specialists. It just no. really work out anymore, right? Or if you do have those type of specialists, you better hope they get that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. But and anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll also have to like talk about the lineups too, right? And just like some of these, some of these these players are are well exceeding um, their stats. And they sure are. They. You know, I think we can actually, you know, definitely see some better contributions. So I think if the rest of the lineup is is playing even 50% of what Kike Hernandez is doing, that's even yeah. gen- that's too generous. Even if it's 25, <laughs> 25% of what he's doing, yeah. uh, you know, we, we can win games that way, right? So I, I think that, I mean, it's pretty simplistic um, for, for him to have said this, but... Um, you know, the, the, the whole thing of like um, making sure that, you know, they're, they're, they're playing like Kike 
I just like, that's, that's a really good way of yeah. looking at it. Right. Totally. Uh, so the, the whole Schwarber thing, it's, it's, uh, it's, that's it. Right. It's just like, sometimes y- you do have to take a step back and not overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually like a really good thing for them to have said. It's just like, you know, he's having fun out there. He's hitting yeah. the ball, seeing it well. And if you're enjoying yourself out there, everything else is kind of going to fall in place. And then if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. And I think that's yeah. really important for them to go with it into the game with the right frame of mind. I loved Kike Hernandez addressing the crowd after that walk off and just saying like, Hey fans, you know, thanks for chanting my name. That helped a lot. Like, um, it's someone who, you know, even with all of his success at the Dodgers was incredibly inconsistent, um, never really had a full-time role. He got moved around. He was like any number of pieces that played second base and, sh- and center field for the Dodgers. And like, you know, he, he said he wanted to go to, and I play fantasy baseball. So I, I've been following him closely and he's been on and off the waiver wire because he's so streaky. And right. uh, I, I drafted him a couple of leagues and had to drop him just because, yeah. you know, they gave him the leadoff position, but he just couldn't, he couldn't find it. So it's really nice to see him just sort of getting this spotlight moment in the postseason where everybody is going to remember this. Well, you know, and again, I, I don't pay too much attention to other teams as I do the Red Sox, right? But the Red Sox are actually also very good about – making a commitment to a young player um, to let them get used to being in the major leagues and yeah. succeed, right? So Dustin Pedroia was a, is, a, is the first time where I read stories about how he came up. Yeah. And like you said, just was not performing really well, but they kept him in the lineup for like three months and he rewarded them with becoming an all-star yeah. in a long-term solution um, on second base. Now this year it happened to Dahlbeck and yep. they were ready to to, to you know to to um, to switch his role because that's the reason they got Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, but he was in he's been in that in that position all year long, and they're now being rewarded. And to a certain extent, he still has a lot of work to do. Yeah, um, he's he's okay with the soft stuff. I think he he still struggles with velocity, but um, you know he he was a major contributor towards the end of the season. Yeah. Right? And that's because they they know that he's a talent and they've given him the opportunity. And I think that's sometimes what you need. Like I, I've also read other articles, right? Just like, it doesn't matter like how well you do in spring training. There's so many teams that just don't give players a chance because they've just made up their mind is like, no, 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 this player is going to play second base for yeah. this major league team. And, you know, there are a lot of talented players out there who are already well-developed coming out of high school and college that just will never get the chance, right? So yeah. that's where like teams like the Red Sox and and uh, the Rays and other other uh, teams are really finding these these hidden gems because uh, they're just not given the opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that other rookie, uh, Jaron Duran. Um, I know he made a a cameo appearance this year, kind of mid season. I think he's still on the taxi squad for this. For this year um if you know by some chance they they need him i think he is eligible but like yeah um you know i don't know where the how the red sox offense lines up like year in and year out i know they got doogie out there for now kike is in outfield but you know he can he can also be an infielder as needed so yeah. if if they think 
that Dahlbeck is in their future starter plans, um, then, you know, maybe Kike stays in the outfield. But if Duran plays himself into a major league role, maybe Kike moves to the infield again next season. I don't know. You tell me. Well, Jeter, Tristan uh, Cassis, I think is the name, how you pronounce right. his name. Like they're, they're the ones who are in AAA right now. Yeah. And Tristan is definitely going to come up. If not okay. next year. Definitely the year after that, right? We're saying Jeter Downs and Tristan Cassis. Yeah, I don't know where I dropped off, but um, so Jeter Downs and Tristan Cassis are up and coming. Yeah. Um, they are starting to talk about both those players and, and, uh, Jeter Downs is considered a possible second baseman for the Red Sox. They need him. I mean, we saw him last season in the shortened season. And then yep. I don't think he really made much of a, of a showing this year. Uh, no, he did not. Um, he is performing really well in the fall league and he's actually okay. playing in Arizona. Ah, should we head out there? Maybe. <laughs> I'd love it, man. Oh, I know, man. Yeah. Everybody talks about the Arizona Fall League. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, um, some One of these years. So so th those two players actually have, have known like, since old. That's two cool players. Uh, they're both from Florida. So I think the team, the, the team is, is, is hoping that, the, the, that at least Tristan can, you know, sort of make Jeter Downs a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Isn't Jeter Downs the other part of the Mookie trade? Verdugo uh, and is. Jeter Downs? Yeah. He so, is. yeah. I mean, talk about, I mean, having somebody named Jeter on the Red Sox, <laughs> that's got to be painful for you. Yeah. And you're also one of the players who replaced Mookie Betts. Right? Yeah. So it's just I like... mean, the, the pressure of, of that hasn't hurt Verdugo at all. Not only is he Looks like he's living his best life, but the fans are loving him out there. Yeah. yeah I mean, who so. do you predict? Okay, here's a prediction. Who's going to be the first person in the shopping, in the laundry cart tonight? Um, I think it's, uh, let me think about this. I think it's going to be Xander Bogarts. Oh, nice. I like that. Okay. Um, I'm putting Devers in there. I don't know, man. He's just, he's such a wild dude. I know uh, he's playing through injury and all, but like, uh, he just, you know, effortless, effortless power. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. Um, and it, it, it's actually, they, they won't say what's wrong with his arms. <laughs> I'm so curious. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. obviously, it's an injury that is, it can't get any worse. And so they're letting him play. So it's right. But well, I still I really want to know what it is. Well, we'll find out at those off-season press conferences and winter meetings when they say Devers underwent successful surgery to re to remove right. bone chips in his elbow, blah blah blah, that he was playing through. Yeah, I mean, okay, uh, it, it's almost wishful thinking. I, I want Xander to, to actually play a larger role. Like he's been largely largely absent um, from from some of the larger plays. He hasn't gotten in on all, all the fun. He hasn't hit a grand slam yet. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, I have to hand it to you, Sasha. You've gotten me, you know, what started out, it's like Stockholm syndrome. Like, you know, you've gotten me on the Red Sox bandwagon. I did it reluctantly for the first week. And now, like, 
you know, now I'm here. I want them to beat these stupid Astros. So my my friend Jim, he texted me and he's like, uh, I was texting with my friend Jim and Patrick and he's like, you know, whoever has this phone, please give Ross and Patrick back their phones because I can't believe what I'm hearing them say about rooting for the Red Sox. So, yeah. it's it's a little strange for me too. I know it's going to end at some point, so I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if the Yankees don't um, figure some shit out in this off season, um, you know, I might be on this bandwagon. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, the Yankees are such a mess, and the Aaron Boone situation and all the other coaching situations such a disaster. It's just like painful to even re- remember that I'm a Yankees fan. I mean, I just can't believe they're bringing him back. It's just mind boggling. Well, now they fired all his coaches. They yeah. fired all his coaches and he likes like, okay, whatever you need to do. <laughs> it's, I just don't get it. So yeah. I, I would be really frustrated by the situation. And just like, yeah, the buck stops with him. Why aren't you firing him? I, because, uh, you know, there's nobody better out there. Although the Mike Schilt situation kind of mm. changes everything because now that the Reds, uh, the Cardinals let Schilt go, you know, he might go to the Padres or Aaron Boone could go to the Padres. So, like, you know, there could be kind of like a manager carousel going on this, this offseason. Yeah, a little bit. Could be right. So I just wish we had somebody with a little bit more, like, improvisational kind of skills. And an is in-game it, manager. Well, is it that's is that the skill you want? I mean, I just I don't know, man. I just I really just love having an active and independent manager running the Red Sox. Yeah. It, it just it's just so much fun. It just feels less corporate. It feels yeah more intuitive and you know player friendly. It's just it really is just amazing. Like I just the reaction the Dodgers have to the decisions made of yeah mistakes he owns it but at least it was fun while he did it and like <laughs> you're just like what the fuck, what the f are you doing right now i just like yeah no sense at all and you just get really frustrated watching your own team play it's just like, yeah no it was a nightmare and i think i think the uh bilingual factor is huge uh, to have a manager who can speak to you know such a bigger percentage of the team than an english only speaking manager And, um, you know, I know um, Beltron was also lost a manager job with the Mets coming out of the cheating scandal. But I wonder why he isn't up for it. Well, Cora was welcomed back with open arms, but Beltron hasn't been in any managerial discussions. And I think he would bring a kind of similar energy, that kind of like fierce energy that Cora has to whatever team would bring him on. But he seems to be um, still kind of like the odd man out well i mean i've never heard his name being mentioned in anything well not mm-hmm. since he was fired by the mets after the fallout yeah. of the cheating scandal so i mean i know you know he he was just as involved as cora if not more so yeah. i don't know we, we may never know like who dreamed it up who put it into place but uh i guess the fact that cora had already won a world series with the red sox before getting busted for the Astros cheating, yeah. like you know, he he had a good track record, whereas uh, Beltron hasn't managed at a major right. league level yet. 
So well, I mean, yeah, exactly like you said, right? The managers are hard to find, and like he did his time. He didn't, you know, went through his punishment, and you know, I, I, I guess everyone feels that that's enough. I mean, I guess I'm fine with it. He was punished more than any player was punished. <laughs> Excuse me. Exactly. So Man, that's really... why I can forgive Cora, but I can't forgive the Astros. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why I was I was pretty pissed off about that that whole in, 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 before the game one, where they were actually you know going through like the whole scandal and Korea. were they? They did. They had this whole package about it, and they made oh. a really big deal out of them trying to redeem themselves after hmm. the scandal and like Carlos Correa basically saying is if if you don't since you weren't there then your your effing opinion doesn't. yeah 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 just, I, I that was really bad in my book i just I, like, I think you know as a player who basically got away scot-free from this then yep. maybe you should keep your mouth shut exactly exactly and he's the most loathsome of all the 2017 yeah. astros anyway he's like exactly. at least altuve looks sad <laughs> well so making it is like, well, there's only five players that, that were that were on that team. It's just like, yeah, but they're all the freaking superstars of the team that are left. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that yeah exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. For some reason, like it's like Correa's the worst, then maybe Bregman, then Guriel, Juve. Maldonado could never hit, so I don't even blame him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That guy's just struggling to stay in the major leagues, right? <laughs> I mean, he's a great defensive catcher and all, but, um, you know, he, he couldn't hit with or without the banging. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes that, that, that also is detrimental, right? Because you just get it into your head when you should I know. just be focusing on other things. It's like trying to count cards in, in blackjack. Just right. don't even try unless you're really good at it because yeah. just play by, the, play by your system and just, you know, take your chances. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, buddy. Well, this has been good. Thanks for jumping on. I'm going to throw yeah. this at the end of the podcast, but I'll, I'll put a reminder in the intro. Stay tuned to the very end for Sasha's guest spot and Astros Red Sox game three preview tonight, five o'clock Pacific. Go Red Sox. Can't wait. Go Red Sox. All right, buddy. Say, right. See you later. Okay. okay. Bye. bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday's episode of So Baseball. We tried to get our usual hosts, Kevin, Dave, Sasha. Everybody's too busy. So I went ahead and did it. I played the card. I got in a ringer. We've got Matt Green from New York City. Yes, that's right. A New York-based Red Sox fan to preview today's game and to talk about the way the series has been going so far, the way the postseason has played out. So enjoy this conversation, this short conversation with my dear friend Matt about his Red Sox and how they are faring thus far in the postseason. All right, have a good game, everybody, and enjoy the show. <laughs> 